I just think back like, yes, this is what I would have wanted. I would have like wanted to read this. I would have wanted to see this. And I would have wanted someone to talk to about this instead of me just navigating this world by myself, super stressed out all the time because I had no idea what was going on. And every time I met with someone at the bank or the law office or any like adult in the industry, I was so intimidated and overwhelmed because it was so much patching information together to try to figure out like how much I was going to pay on a mortgage, how much my insurance was going to be, how much the closing costs were going to be. Like, can someone just tell me that all in, like in one small package of information? This is the Personal Finance Show. Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. Liz Enriquez wants you to grow and learn and ask questions about money. By age 21, Liz had traveled to over 20 countries and paid for them out of pocket. By 22, she paid off her university tuition. By 24, she saved over $50,000 and bought a house. By age 26, her net worth grew to six figures, and this year, at 27, she quit her government job after making $10,000 in one month through her various income streams. Liz worked hard, kept her costs down, and saved a lot to accomplish all of this by 27. No handouts, no help from her parents, no inheritance. She realized while going through these financial milestones that there weren't many resources available for millennials like her. And the resources that did exist were scattered and difficult to understand for someone who isn't a financial expert already. So Liz created AmbitiousAdulting.com help Canadian millennials understand personal finances so they can save more, earn more, and reduce the stress about money. Liz joined me in the studio in Hamilton to tell her personal finance story. Everything tracks back to when I was five years old and I moved to Canada. That was clearly a pivotal moment in my life because I was so young and I didn't really know what was happening. And then we showed up and we lived in like a hotel room. There's my family of five and us. We lived in a hotel room. For how long? For about two months. Whoa. And I was like, great, this is nice. Like, this is fine. (laughs) This is my life now. Yeah. I didn't really know what was (laughs) happening. At five years old, you just kind of go with where your parents tell you to go. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, mom, for feeding me. Sure, exactly. Um, And then we went to a motel. And so we lived there for a few months. And I remember my mom had to like because there was no stove in a motel mm. eventually like, we cooked everything using the microwave and then eventually the landlord like let her use a hot plate okay and i'm like now this is getting like a little bit sad <laughs> like before everything was kind of fine you're like st- five and a half i was still five like five and a half <laughs> now and i'm like okay like still don't know what's happening but, but things are looking a right. little interesting like pretty sure we used to have a stove <laughs> great mm. So that happened and then eventually we moved to an apartment and so we lived there until I was about 13 years old. This was a two-bedroom apartment and now my younger brother had been born so there were six of us in a two-bedroom apartment. Whoa. Yeah. So, I mean, it was fine until like teenage, you know, like grade seven and eight. Yeah. I'm like, this is not ideal. Like, yeah. Or, or you went to your friends' houses yes. maybe and yeah. you're like, you have two rooms to yourself, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, and People uh, would complain that they had to share their bathrooms with their yeah. sisters and I'm like... <laughs> Okay, I, okay, I'm just not even going to mention yeah, anything I can't even about talk my life. To you yeah, I'm like, so there We're was a lot friends. of like, yeah, and nobody ever came to my house because it was just like way too embarrassing to invite okay. people to my house and no and, space probably and no space and just I just didn't feel like bringing people to my shared bedroom with my three other brothers. What, I also have no sisters. Where did you come from before? Before you were five. Oh, from Mexico. Mexico, nice. Yeah, from okay. Mexico. Cool. And the reason to move it was there just a specific like you reason? know, Mexico is a little. <laughs> corrupt and sure. like economic Less instability and 
my dad was actually working for a manufacturing company that did a lot of work with Stelco. Okay. And so he, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. We lived kind of in downtown Burlington and he would take the bus into Hamilton. Mm. He had done work in the States, like in Michigan and the Rust Belt and stuff. And mm. he spoke a little bit of English. Okay. So eventually, I'm not sure how it happened, but he's like, you know what? I think it'd be better if I worked for like the Canadian kind of counterpart okay. of the Mexican operation yeah. just because it's so much better. They like make so much more. They get paid in dollars versus pesos. Yeah. Like just it's just like a better kind of alternate universe. Mm-hmm. And so they managed to make that happen. And so, and so he came over and but they weren't paying him enough to you know, get a bigger place for you guys. Is that I it? I think they were paying him like a good amount, but then it was just just trying to navigate like do we buy a house? And I guess it okay. wasn't a lot because it was just one income for the five. Yeah, of us, that's it. Or like right. One income. Even for if the he six was making us. good money, it's still yeah. there's still lots. Even if it was like 50, 60 or seventy thousand, like to raise. Mm, yeah, that, you much. Know, that you, much. So you for... and three brothers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and would you say you're the oldest? No, I'm the middle. You're in the middle. Yeah, okay. there's two middles. Interesting. So yeah. you're now you're a teenager. You're like. What's up with this with this space? Like, did you want to get out of the house or how? What? Where I you was just like where, did you really start embarrassed. Yeah, like, and I'm like, I don't. Money in? Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to live in like a two bedroom house. I like remember wanting to live in a house like so badly, and oh, and yeah. that was my number one goal. I'm like, I can't wait till I start working and I'm gonna buy my own house and I can finally okay. like live and have my own space. And so I don't kind of have motivation to, like, to yeah. get out there. I'm like, I don't want to live this life anymore because okay. it was just. Like I had like a great childhood because when I think back, nothing mm. was like, oh my God, I hate this. No. But I definitely just didn't want to live in like a two bedroom apartment with six people. I don't know if anybody really <laughs> yeah. does. I mean, for a little bit maybe, but yeah, I'm sure yeah. it would get to under anybody's skin. Mm-hmm. For sure. Especially right. like getting older, it started getting kind of a lot more like embarrassing and just, just yeah. wanted to just, you know, teenage angst was kind of kicking in. I'm like, yeah. Ugh. So when did you get your first job then? So I started working. Actually, I had a newspaper route while we were still in the apartment. And I remember just being like a super saver. Like I was always yeah. an aggressive saver because <laughs> I just felt like I needed to squirrel away money to eventually get mm. my own place. Yeah. So I started my newspaper route. And then when we moved to a new town and we finally got a house, I was babysitting. So that's kind of how I would was getting money I wasn't making a lot of money but that kind of changed when I went to university so I started working on the weekends like at a dorm room and I was going to school full-time so I was was working with international students and I had to just supervise them and plan trips for them and activities to keep them engaged yeah it was really fun because we like who wants to go to the movies like who wants to go to the mall and because they're not international students they're so brand new not really familiar yeah you you, well you didn't really have this experience you were five but you understood and you could relate and yeah. and you could say, hey, I'm not from here either originally, right? But hey, I'm I'm know how to navigate everything, right? Right. Yeah, because I would be take me. them to the bank, like <laughs> yeah. bank accounts and just yeah. kind of help them navigate you, you life. You knew everything. That's kind of a cool position to be in, mm-hmm. right? Because you've been here so long that you, you're basically, you know, are from here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the fact your f- first five years were what? We were just like a lump. It was of, just a blob. Yeah, yeah. A, a sack of potatoes, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, until you're able to actually, you know, note, then you start noticing things. But yeah, by the time you're, you're learning everything in Canada, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's a cool thing to do. So you made a little bit of money doing that. I was making pretty good money at the time. I think minimum wage was $11 or something, you know, pretty low. And I was making $15 an hour and I was working full time like hours. So 35 to 40 hours because I was staying overnight. So it was three days like intensive really living like full there, days no one paid. gets paid for that yeah no i, I did <laughs> paid for sleeping yeah so i was just you know i was 18 and making like i had a pretty decent salary and benefits and vacation pay so i was like wow like wow. i made it so well, what about school so are you in I school i went to mac yeah so McMaster. you're doing this while you're in school yeah Who, who's paying for school I paid for school. Oh, so by working that job, yeah. Did you uh, was there any OSAP or anything like that? So I originally got a scholarship for my first year. Nice. And that actually leads to more money issues because I I didn't realize. So end of high school, I was having like panic attacks, anxiety attacks, and I'm like, I'm dying. I want to die because this is so painful. Oh, and like your no, chest yeah. hurts so much, and at the time I didn't know what it was. So really horrible anxiety. Yeah, horrible. Because wow. I I would like just curl up in my my couch my mom had to take me to the hospital because i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm dying and yeah so that was like a really stressful and horrible period and then eventually 
I had to talk it out with my doctor and they're like, honestly, all your tests are coming back fine. Your blood work is fine. Like your heart rate is fine. Okay. It's just a psychological, like, what are you going through right now? So through counseling, they're like, seems like you're really stressed out about money and like mm. trying to figure out your life and wow. trying to navigate like this next chapter in your life. Cause you're now transitioning from high school to university and I didn't know how to pay for school. Yeah. I didn't have these conversations with my parents. Like, Oh, looks like it's $6,000 to go to school. How am I going to get this money? Yeah. And then they, they wouldn't, well, my, they wouldn't have it. There's my three brothers, three older ones were all pretty similar ages. Yeah. They're like, well, like we have a little bit of money for you guys, but you're all going to school at the same time. Oh, so you're man. kind of needing to figure that out. Oh, I'm that like, sucks. Uh, okay. I guess I'll just like, Go talk to my guidance counselor. (laughs) So (laughs) my guidance counselor was like, you can apply for a bunch of grants. Like your marks are pretty good. You're really active in the community. Like just spend some time applying for scholarships, bursaries and grants. So that's what I, I dropped my math class in grade 12. Cause I'm like, this is weighing me down. And I use that period to just apply for grants and scholarships. Like I would spend like 30 minutes, half an hour every single day in the guidance counselor's office just applying for grants. So that paid for my full year first, actually pretty much my two years of school. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Would, in hindsight, would you recommend that high school students 100%. do this? 100%. People will just assume yeah. it's people f- with good grades and stuff. And I had good grades, but definitely not like genius level. It was more hustle. It was more hustle. Yeah. And like I would have to write essays about why I wanted to go to school or, or essays about my community involvement. And I was just, and some of them were like $200, $500. But they, I think I had like up, right? seven of them yeah. for $500. That's you know, great. that adds up. And I got one of them for my grades. So they were really mostly about like the niche ones that people don't apply to. Yeah. And I swear some of them I just got by default because I'm like, this is such a weird topic, but I guess I'll write about it. Were yeah. you So the the writing sometimes was different, but were you also able to reuse Copy some of the stuff? Yeah. Yes. That taught me like that was the most efficient. Mm. I'm like, well, they don't know what I wrote for the other ones. That's so right. I just had like a word document of kind of like my biggest accomplishments and what I plan to do with my life so I'm like copy paste copy paste and just kind of adjust it like people do for cover letters and resumes you know just like tweak it yeah make sure you don't put uh, you know the placeholders in yeah (laughs) but for the most part just copy and paste yeah so you went to mac I went to mac what did you what did you take I studied geography okay yeah I actually (laughs) applied for like linguistics because I thought that was cool yeah. And then I ended up, I switched degrees three times okay. and I also took six months off to live in Vancouver. Wow. I took four months off to travel. Like I just did not there's follow a, there's a, a lot to path. unpack there. So you didn't know what you wanted to, you just, you just knew, but you did know you wanted to go to school. I didn't even know it was an option to not go to school. Yeah, I, I can understand you that because I I'm, felt the same way. Yeah. Like, of course you're going to go to school. Why right? would you even think differently? Yeah. That's what, well, how old are you? 27. Yeah, okay. So you're about 10 years younger than me, but I I've had that feeling too and and it, to me it felt like that's what everyone in high school mm-hmm. in my Same. I guess education level was saying like if you weren't the if you weren't in the stream that was taking you to the to the trades, then of course you're going to go to school. Mm-hmm. But I I feel like there's a middle ground there. Yeah, in retrospect, I definitely would have taken time off to kind of evaluate what I wanted to do with my yeah. life or even a college program because I'm not really using my degrees. So. Yeah. But did it actually even open doors for you though? Yeah, for sure. Because so I was working full time on the weekends, going to school full time. Eventually mm-hmm. I switched to part time because I'm like, this is a little overwhelming. Sure. And part time school. Part time school. Yeah. yeah. So I had a year and a half paid off in scholarships. I was working, saving a lot of money because still living like a student lifestyle. Yep. So I paid off second year, no problem. Paid off third year, no problem. I had got a, a little bit of OSAP, but I paid it off in third year. So I'm like, I don't really need this. So That's you guys awesome. can take your money back. Okay. Um, <laughs> you just didn't want, you didn't want debt. You didn't want this money stress, right? Yeah, that. And also I did summer school and I took a class. And for some reason that made me become a part-time student and then I didn't fill in the right paperwork for OSAP. And oh. so they gave me a fee. And I remember being really upset about it. I'm like, you know what? Just take your money back you because there's back. way too many rules. Yeah. And I have to wait in line for things. And I don't even need it. So that was a good feeling. So I walked into the bank. And I'm like, I want to pay back my loan. And they're like, okay, how much? I'm like, $11,000. <laughs> and they're like, okay, um, 
I, I was so young at the time. I don't even remember how they did it, but I think they just did it all online. And then sure. they're like, okay, here, like we're transferring it now. You're only going to have $300 left. I'm like, oh, oh um, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Cause I was working. So, so, so you had money. I would have built it back up. Yeah. Okay. You're still like, you're debt free. Yeah. And it's third year, fourth year. This where? was third year university. Okay. You're schooling part time. But you're still working full time? Full time on the weekends. And then, yeah, I took six months off to go live in Vancouver. And That's do when an you internship. did that? Okay, yeah. cool. What, what internship? So I was working in a neighborhood house doing environmental programming and planning. And cool. I have a degree in environmental sciences and geography. So nice. I loved that. And I just got to hang out in gardens and work with schools and try to make them more eco-friendly. So that was great. Awesome. Then I came back and applied for a co-op at the city of Hamilton. Sure. So that was a good paying job, too. So before I was making $15 an hour and I was making $18 an hour and it was a full-time co-op. Oh, great. So again, working full-time, going to school part-time, yeah. making good money, still living in my student house. I was paying like $300 for a basement apartment oh, that yeah. fit oh, like I, my bed and that's it. I did it. that once. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. And it's great because at the time, <laughs> like everybody's living in a dodgy house. That's like right. the dodgier, the better, yeah. you know? <laughs> I had to leave one because of mold uh, oh. and, and stuff. And I'm pretty sure, like, I thought it was spider bites at the time, but bed it bugs. was bed bugs. Mm. Yeah, now, because like, later on in life, I figured out how I react to bed bugs, and it was the same way. You're like, oh. Like, oh, man, I had bed bugs and mold. <laughs> I'm <laughs> really rough. glad that I left that Mine place. Mine wasn't that bad. Yeah, so you were able, to, you were in a place that it was g- good enough, yeah. right? At least it didn't have those things. No, it didn't have that. Our landlord lived above us, and it was oh, like a nice handy. family. Yeah, yeah. So that, I had that too later nice. on. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Because mm-hmm. then they, they take care of everything, right? Yeah, they would there. shovel and yeah, exactly. You know, make sure that there was um, salt on the on the ground. I'm like, thanks, guys. Like, yeah, it's probably my nice. best landlord. Yeah. yeah. And then I bumped into him uh, uh, like three years after I moved out. And he, he immediately uh, emailed me like a reference letter because I mentioned that I'm applying for another place. That's like, so nice. He's like, he's the nicest person. Yeah. I had yeah. A, maybe we had the same guy. Because <laughs> my guy was super nice too. And I, was, I got lucky. Like I had great roommates. My apartment was really, or my basement apartment was really affordable. It was like no windows or anything yeah, but that, whatever that's fine. what you get for, yeah. for a basement <laughs> for right yeah. exactly so yeah i was making money so you're living a student for, life what are you doing for in the co-op so i was doing marketing for the recycling and composting department ah, nice mm-hmm. i got some of your stuff up, up there yeah <laughs> so all of the pamphlets that say like how to recycle yeah. i was either helping create them or helping design them or helping do market research to see what works what didn't work and okay so the the market research and stuff makes sense for your degree but where do you learn how to do design and stuff where well it was that? mostly inputting like giving input to oh the okay designer. yeah so they, yeah. you had one because we would do yeah, okay. kind of pilot studies that makes like, more sense yeah. do we like this do we not like this do people like this sure is it working so you're actually using your degree yeah i was doing a lot of environmental kind of policy work which is my favorite thing to do yeah that's mm-hmm. awesome okay so you're you're making money mm-hmm. and your costs are low and what happens next well this is when i start to learn how to invest yes at this point i probably had yeah you had some savings some savings for sure because i had paid off eleven thousand and built it back up and still i was always i always had the saving mentality because i just wanted to but no specific goal. But no you, specific you just, goal. You're like, I would need to build this up. Yeah. You, we have the scarcity mentality. Yes, from 100%. When you, were, when you were younger, yeah. Always had the scarcity mentality, mm. which is changing now because I'm recognizing where it comes from. Okay, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good once you explore. Yeah. You're like, okay, you know, I'm I'm not, that's not me. Yeah. Right? I'm different, I'm like, right? I did it. I survived. I, <laughs> I don't live in a two-bedroom apartment anymore. So I had the scarcity mentality. And luckily my dad, like, and I'm recognizing, like, how lucky I was to have a dad who took me to the bank and he's like that that was the first year that the tfsa came out oh okay. so he's like oh let's go 2009? learn some that's when i went to university so it was pretty was? Yeah, i think that was yeah when it was. yeah so it's yeah. pretty new and he was like let's go to the bank and see what this is about okay and maybe like you can apply and so he opened my tfsa my rsp and he told me that if i put money in that I could never take it out until I retired. I mean, it's which, technically like, true. you know, is a little different, but... <laughs> you shouldn't. Yeah, I don't know if he told me that to just encourage yeah, me to right? save for retirement. Like, don't put anything in here. I would say, I would say that about our, an RSP account I, because of the penalties. Except for the home buyer's plan. Except for that. <laughs> but that's really, it's just an agreement to use right. the money and not get taxed on it and pay it back. So it really is, it, it 
causes you an, an issue. Yes. Right. It's not fun. Right. To have to pay money back that is yours. Right. right? <laughs> but TFSA, you actually can reuse yes. the balance just in and the And he next told year. me that for both of them, which okay, is fine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that's general just, advice. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, put it in. And if you take it out, they're going to give you a huge fine and it's not going to be worth it. But well, TFSA was new at the time, too. Yeah. So, so maybe he was thinking those were the rules. Or maybe he tricked me. But that's OK. <laughs> it all worked out. So I was like, okay, that's fine. And of course, I went into the bank. They told me about mutual funds. I was like, great, okay. let's buy some of these. These sound and great. Yeah. And I had no idea, obviously. I'm like, no, because what, what, like, your dad's saying invest because investing is good better than yeah. savings. Yeah. It's good, right? That's yeah. probably what a lot of people get. Like, and that's what the banks uh, portray too. Mm-hmm. And, and technically, it is better. It's not the best option, but it's better than what you were doing. Yes. But there's also risk, and you probably weren't really aware of. Well, the we went too. over oh, the you? quiz. Okay, yeah, yeah you, have you have to go to know your quiz, client. Yeah, you're like, have to okay, do the you, risk assessment. Yeah, like when do you plan on taking this out, I'm like, well, sure, my dad okay. said never, so like I was always <laughs> kind of growth, equity, yeah. uh, long term. Sure. And they're like, okay, buy this, and I'm like, great. And then eventually, I learned you could do it yourself. So I started buying my own mutual funds okay. without knowing what I was doing. Account? Direct investing. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, because I didn't really like going into the bank, I always felt intimidated. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking. Like, I don't understand what you're saying. So yeah. I'm just gonna do it all by myself. Okay. <laughs> and now when I go in, they're like, Oh, it seems like you have a good grasp on things. I'm like, I really just don't like talking to you. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> like, yeah, I just, I just do it all there online. was a post about why millennials hate banks. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't like banks. I went to the so. bank yesterday. They made me wait half an hour. I'm like, yeah. listen, I could have done this at home, but I have a few questions that I'd Seriously. rather have you answer. Like, you be there for the questions, right? Yeah. Not, not for the things that I, we can do online. Like, oh, yeah. man. So, yeah, I started investing, not knowing what I'm doing. Like a regular invest, like regular monthly uh, no, investments? No, so I've never done... I tried um, automating it, yeah. but I just go in every month and do it manually because okay. I want to go in and see what's going on. And sure. So it works so for me. So when you say go in and see what's going on, like when you invest, what are you doing? So I go into my accounts and yeah. see the charts. Yeah. And I'm like, So you're oh. buying stocks. I am buying some stocks oh, and now some, and, some and mutual, mutual funds, funds. Yeah. but I just got into stocks. For about six or seven years, I was investing exclusively in mutual funds because yeah. I didn't know... And you wouldn't be going in and looking. Well, I didn't really rebalance the ones anything. that uh, people said. Yeah, I remember reading like Money Sense, like top 10 okay, mutual yeah. funds. And I'm like, yeah, this one sounds good. Okay. And like, getting that as guidance, but not really doing any research. What, on what made you want on. to start, though, uh, getting involved in it? Probably yeah. a chart that my dad showed me. Yeah. And it was one of those like classic, like if you start investing at age 20, yeah. look at this exponential rate. If sure. you start investing at age 30 for the same amount, like $1,000 or $500 yeah. a month, look at the difference. And then even though I didn't understand, like I dropped grade 12 math. So I'm yeah. like, I don't know half these concepts. Sure. So he made it super simple. He pretty much explained like cash drag and inflation to me in like basic, basic terms. Okay. And he's like, you want your money to work for you because if you just let it sit there, it's, it's just deflating its and losing yeah. value. I'm like, okay, like I kind of get that. And I'd be worried like, oh, what if I lose it? And he's like, you're not in the stock market. Like you're yeah, not going to lose balanced. all your money yeah, that's and true. then like end up in this great depression and never get it back. It's like yeah. You're fine as long as you put money in and just look at it every now and then. And even if it's going down, just wait it out. It'll come back eventually. I was like, OK, like I guess I can do it. And okay. it was good. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you go in every month with a, what, a set amount or... Usually was it not a set amount, to be honest. It was like, oh, I have a few hundred dollars. Let's just put this in here. And none of my strategies should be followed by people because (laughs) they don't make sense, but they've worked for me. Yeah. So. Well, you're you're involved and it seems like you're looking at things. When you say you're looking at uh, charts, you're looking at where they've been and maybe seeing where they might go. Yeah, definitely. Just looking at some past Past performance and then. Did a tiny bit of research, like, okay, what are some holdings in here and what, what do they kind of okay. look like? Yeah. So just really basic understandings. But what about fees? Yeah, that's okay, so where you haven't I got learned there yet. later. Okay, so your your mutual funds, and for how long did you just stick with the mutual funds? So six or seven years, I yeah. was just mutual funds. And then I was in a position where I needed to find a place to live really quickly and... I didn't have any furniture. I didn't really have anything. You're still working for City of Hamilton? At this point, I'm working for a provincial agency. Okay, so you got I've a, moved z- on. a step up? Yeah. Like promotion So full-time, 
kind of yeah still in your in your uh this time i was doing research and analysis on the labor market okay so so studying like employment and unemployment geography yeah that's all connected right a little bit to to that yeah Yeah. i definitely had some interesting experiences yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah can you elaborate on that well when i took some time off to travel I was working as like a beekeeper's assistant and I was also working as like a compost facilitator. Like. Okay. So when do you take time <laughs> off to travel? I what? was in university. Okay. So that you mean to go into Vancouver? No. Yeah. Okay. And in that, in that six months? Yeah. In those six months I was doing like volunteering and internships and so then you had those cool. So I just things. had kind of weird jobs. And then I took four months off. I went to uh, 14 different countries and I Ooh, went across Canada nice. working on farms and like volunteering on, like workaways and farms. Can so you name all the countries in like 30 seconds? Uh, yep. Uh, Iceland, Belgium, England, Italy, probably some other European places. Um, <laughs> Indonesia, Singapore, Hong Kong, or yeah, Hong Kong. Yeah, a few other places. A bunch of other so European yeah. ones in there. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, for, we forget because there's, there's, you can easily cross over, I right? flew out of Eastern Canada and flew into Western USA and Mexico and then flew back up. I went around the world. Oh, very yeah. cool. Yeah. And uh, that was, you said that was after university or no? Uh, that was in between university. Oh, okay. My yeah. timeline is yeah, going to be so confusing for it's people. Okay. But no, but that's cool. So you, you've you had some you know world travel experience. Were you, were you working at all during that? Uh, I y- wasn't y- working. I remember I had some money saved up. So the whole trip cost about $6,000 mm, because wow, I was yeah. like couch surfing and oh, cool. hitchhiking and yeah. really just not paying a lot of money on things. That's so. awesome. And meeting up with friends. So flights mostly is what yeah. the cost was, right? Yeah. So it worked out really well, but that's another point. Cause I was a very linear um, person up until high school. Like I was really academically focused mm. and really like, directed towards a career and a full-time job and then sure. something in me broke and i'm like yeah no i don't i don't want to follow this conventional path like i want to take time off and i want to just explore other things and try weird jobs that just for fun did you think about do you know now why that is uh, that you i think it's because i honestly had the money to do it yeah okay so you know all throughout school i was working full-time mm-hmm. so i always had money so i felt like i could take these risks and i could take time off because nothing was really dependent on like whether or not I could afford it. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can take time off to go travel because I have money in the bank to do this. And so. when I come back, I'll figure out mm-hmm. what to do. Yeah. So that didn't cause you anxiety though. It did, okay, yeah. but I still did it. You still did I remember it. being super worried and anxious and like grinding my teeth and having a, like panic and anxiety attacks. But I just thought like, well, I'm going to do that. I'm anyway. already, I'm still going to do it. Cause <laughs> even though I'm like, I'm anxious if I don't do it. Yeah, and I'm anxious right. if I do. So okay. I might as well have anxiety about going on the cool trip. Hey, good for you for tackling <laughs> it like that and, and not just hiding away. Right? Yeah. Uh, which is what some people have to do to deal with anxiety mm-hmm. and, and stuff. You've had a bunch of different yeah. work experiences and perspective from traveling. Right. And now you're working for the provincial government. Mm-hmm. Were we talking about the next, Step in investing? I yes. Think? So I was looking yeah. for a house now. I'm working yes. for the provincially funded agency and I'm looking for a house and to buy? To buy. Okay. So long story short, I was living with my ex at the time. We broke up. I had already got rid of everything because he had everything. So oh. when I was looking for a place, I'm like, great, I have like Ground five zero. garbage bags of okay. clothes and I was sleeping on like a blow up mattress at my friend's house because I was in between houses. Sure. And he was flipping the house. So oh. I had to go from like room to room on my blow up mattress. And like every time oh, they redid man. a room. Yeah, it was kind of a rough time in my life. So I was at this crossroads. Like my life is pretty horrible right now. Like what <laughs> do I want to do with yeah, my life? I mean, we, like, uh, we all have something like that. Like hopefully it's not really bad and it's yeah. just some kind of crisis. But yeah, sometimes we need a crisis. Yes. Right? And it was. I look back and I'm like, wow, that was a rough time. But it led me to my new stage in my life and so i'm like okay i need to obviously find a place to live because i can't be living on this blow-up mattress yeah and this is getting like depressing because this is a rough life so i'm like i don't have anything i'm starting from scratch like should i rent and i have to furnish everything and you know i'd have to start from scratch anyways or i have money in the bank should i just buy a place and so my friend who had just bought the house connected me with his real estate agent we start looking for houses Everything I could afford was pretty dodgy. And I'm like, okay, well, this is going to be my life. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but then eventually I found like this gem 
in downtown Hamilton really? that I love. It had been flipped three years before, so it was all pretty new, but it had no driveway and it had like like a small backyard. And I was like, great, I don't have a car. I don't need a Perfect. backyard. Like this is great for me. And it's on a bus line and it's close to work. So I put an offer in and this was like a Monday. And then by next Wednesday, I had my keys. So it was like the fastest turnaround in history. Now you have a house. Now I had a house, but it was a crash course on personal finance and like navigating life. (laughs) Like, like, do you have a lawyer? I'm like, no. Like, Do you have your insurance? Like, I don't have anything. I don't know what I'm doing. You figured out all the closing costs. Closing costs. Everything was just such a chaos. Did you have all this money though? Yeah. So I had a 20% down payment because I've been working and doing all the stuff and saving and investing. Okay. This is where I learned about the fees because yes. I go to the bank and I'm like, I'm planning to buy a house. And then this is also where I learned about credit unions e. and mortgage brokers. So yep. I am learning so much because I didn't know anything. <laughs> I just knew how to save. I'm like, save, 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 yeah. save, save. As long as you do that, just you're not good. bad. And yeah, yeah, exactly. But but there's so much more there than just more. saving. Yeah. You know, you can't just save and do like I when I wasn't saving strategically, I yeah, don't automate things. True. I didn't invest strategically. I just yeah. saved and hoped for the best. <laughs> so it paid off though. So I go to the bank and I'm like, I'm, I need to take out all this money for a down payment. The guy, my advisor there was like, why do you have so many mutual funds? Like, what are you doing? I was Would like, you buy different ones oh every yeah, time? Tons oh, of different so ones. Many. I had like oh. 15 mutual funds. I love it. And I just thought like, oh, they all had different things. He's like, you're over diversified. Like you have too many of the same sure. things. Yeah. Like you're paying high fees. High and he fees. taught me about the management expense ratios. So who's this guy? His name was Steve. He was Thanks, the, Steve. Worked for the bank. He works for RBC. And he told you you were paying high fees. Yes. He's so Way nice. Way to go, Steve. Yeah. He was a good guy. He doesn't, I don't know where he is now. Di- every time diamond I, in the rough, Steve. He was so nice. And he, and he sat down and taught me like, you need to look at this number and you look, mm. need to look at this and front loading and all this other stuff. So were you paying deferred sales charges or do you have one? Oh yeah, I was paying. Oh, I don't even want to know how many fees I was paying. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the, you had the standard high management expense ratios, but also other sales charges. Oh, probably. Mm, okay. I didn't know what I was paying. Yeah. Okay. What so, what Steve uh, do for you? Well, I mean, Steve said, please don't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, here are some things to read when you when you plan on buying your own things, yeah. and he um, just made some adjustments. And anyways, I had to take out all my money anyways for the You're house. You're cashing it all out. Cashing okay, it yeah. all out. I was left with, uh, I think, $2,000 in the bank. So, so you didn't even know that, uh, like, you weren't really saving intentionally for a down payment, though. No. Right? And so it wasn't all in the same accounts, yeah. which was a huge problem sure. because I needed the money in five days. That's tough. So yeah. I had money in RRSPs, TFSA, a checkings account, a savings account, okay. another institution. So we had to pool it all together. And they're like, how and do much? Home buyers plan. And do the home buyers plan, yeah. which I also didn't know about. Because I didn't, people spend, you know, months looking for houses. I spent three weeks and then had my house the fourth week. Yeah. So my crash course. You were thinking course, of looking for it later, looking into it later. Yeah. I was learning. But you got like, a course, yeah. As I was doing this, mm. I was learning. And so they're like, oh, how much do you want to use for your home buyers plan? I'm like, Ugh, I just read about this. I don't know the details. Do whatever. Luckily, like my agent and I had had some good heart to hearts since she knew kind of where my headspace was at and knew Mm. how like rough my life had been (laughs) for a few months. So she like handheld me the entire way and it was amazing. She connected me with um, everyone that I needed. She gave me all their names. She's like, go talk to this person, go talk to this person and don't do this and do this. And so... Yeah, that saved me because I like I do not know what I'm doing, and I was doing everything by myself. Like I was just yeah, this is just you, right? Me just roaming around town with my agent, trying <laughs> to figure out what I'm doing with my life. Were you uh, reading blogs? Uh, when did you start? Yeah, writing? I started reading some blogs. Did you start writing later? This, I started uh, writing or, later. Yeah. It was all during this time oh, because this they, there was so much jargon yeah. thrown at me, so I'd Google like first time homebuyers okay, plan so you're like looking all this. pros and cons of mutual funds and what and year is this this is 2016 okay so, so two, two years two ago, years ago. Yeah. so there's a lot of content on the internet about this stuff yeah did you settle on anybody anything specific like did anything really help you like definitely money right sense i found that yeah. like super um yeah, easy to read and writers, kind of yeah. i'm like okay got it got it got it yeah, and sure. i like all their um features on other people yes i'm like oh okay this person's a bit of a mess too like yeah, okay, okay <laughs> like, good it's so good to see right it was good to just see that and 
everything was such a patch job for me though. And that's why I started writing my blog. Cause I'm like, I started writing about everything I learned. I'm like, yeah. Guys, if you wanted to buy a house, just <laughs> so you know, you need to know these things. Yeah. Because like, a lot of people don't. Yeah. And, um, and, and then people just ask me questions because it was also so fast. Like, whoa, you have a house now? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. I'm like, well, it all started when I started saving money and living low. And they're like, oh, where did you get this money from? Or like, you must be so lucky your parents pay for this. I'm like, listen, I lived in a two-bedroom apartment. <laughs> my parents did not pay for this. This is my money? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, like, sure, it was locked uh, up in mutual funds, yeah. but still. That's what saved me because my dad said not to touch it. Yeah. And then when I went to the bank, they're like, you can use this money, this money, this money. I'm like, that's everything I have. So they told you that you could use up to 25000 mm-hmm. uh, And what, did you have 25000 our in our RSP account? Um, or la- or I think less? I had like 15000 okay, in so my RRSP and then another like forty or something. Yeah. 40000 in my... So I had a total of like $55,000. Because some people get surprised when, even if they do know about the home buyer's plan or they think they can access it, they get surprised when they find out there's a limit. Well, I got a little bit dinged because I had learned about it and I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to transfer money into my (laughs) RRSP. And then they're like, you actually can't use this because it hasn't been in there for 90 days. And that's worked out for me as well because that's the only money I had left when I bought the house. So, so you use other money instead of that money? Well, or, so or I used parts of the RRSP, yeah. but not the new stuff that I had transferred yeah. in. I transferred in like 3000 You didn't need the new stuff? I or? mean, I definitely needed it for like furniture. Sure, for other... to pay for <laughs> but my it, life. But it's locked in there. It's locked in there you and now. You knew you had to pay a penalty if you take it out. Yeah, so I'm building yeah. it back up. and yeah. I built it back up in a year because I thought I had to pay it back. Well, no, but that... You do, but I know, not right but away. over 15 yeah. years. <laughs> but this is what I mean. Like, I'm overprepared all the sure. time because I have this scarcity mindset. That I'm like, I'm going to get dinged. I can't, like, afford to pay a fine. It's like, not I'm, bad. I mean, but no. it, unless that took money away from something you really needed. No. And I have a good balance yeah. of extremes. Like, <laughs> I'll save, 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 and then blow it all on a four month trip and then, like, do it again. Like, save, 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 and blow it all in a house and then yeah. just, like, keep building it up. So, yeah, I just fluctuate a lot. So, 2016, you get your house. Mm-hmm. You you got this. You got a mortgage now. I had a mortgage now. Fun and time. you learned about how that... Well, okay, how did all the closing costs and stuff work? So that, none of that was surprising. That. Okay. Yeah, so I... You, you, pay the, you got a lawyer. You paid the legal fees. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to pay, and we should talk about this, is insurance because you had your 20%. Yes. Yeah, so, I paid 20% down, and I remember being kind of like... If I pay 20%, I really don't have a lot of money left over. Yeah. But my dad kept saying, like, you don't want to end up paying fees. And again, show me charts. I'm like, okay, (laughs) you're right. Which I've learned a lot more about different strategies and perspectives now. Mm. Just in terms of if you invest that money in the long run, like, it might pay off. Yeah. But... At this time, Nobody I, knows at you know, that, at the, and also I had no time to learn. You wanted a house. I just wanted to live somewhere That's and not <laughs> live on a blow I mean, mattress. Be- because you wanted to live somewhere, you know, it's not really an investment. Mm-hmm. It actually was the best place for your money at yeah. the time because it was a benefit to you. Right? And emotionally, too. And emotionally. People yeah. kind of forget sometimes when they're just doing all the numbers and charts. And I'm like, at this time in my life, yeah. I literally, all I wanted was stability and just like my own place and you to come home. You don't want more mutual funds. And yeah. <laughs> so I was a good fresh slate too, because I took everything out. That's good. And started yeah. from scratch. And when so. you start, oh, so, okay, so you have your mortgage and it's obviously something that you can quite easily pay. Uh, yeah, my mortgage monthly. is like ridiculously low. I pay, I think, 800 and. $90 a month or something. Yeah, that's yeah, great. And, and of course, you have some property costs. Yeah. But, and like my and taxes are... Uh, how are taxes in Hamilton? Are they are they high? They're super low. I think okay. I pay um, like less than $2,000. This is... You don't have to <laughs> volunteer any information if you're not comfortable. If anyone wants to live in Hamilton, it's yeah. cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's super cheap. Well, that's so, that's, so you have affordable house and and are you already have 20 percent so you're already mm-hmm. got 20 percent equity because the thing about paying and making a down payment is you're not giving that money away you're no just putting it into this house yeah and then unless the property depreciates immediately then it's still worth that and it's probably worth a bit more now i'm guessing have you i don't know i don't really all? look into it it's See, that's good just, set just it sitting it. in there and i plan on staying in that house for a while so yeah. i'm just gonna 
live there happily and keep paying my my bills. Have you you have any options to like accelerate, pay down your mortgage? Or I you, did. Do you, do you want to do that? So I started that, but um, so I doubled my contribution frequency. So I was doing it once okay. a month, and yeah. I was doing it twice a month, okay, cool. and then I also increased the payment on my mortgage. Then I met my partner, like my current partner. I met him a year later. And he works in real estate investing. Okay. So he's like, why are you doing this when interest rates are so low? Well, yeah. Like you can be doing this, this, and this. So There's I'm, different schools of thought, yeah. right? But for you, like you mentioned, there's emotional reasons to mm-hmm. do certain things. Also, you're extremely debt averse, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So that's something to consider as right. well. So sure, you could make more, you could technically, if everything keeps going as it's going, right? Because right? we don't, we're not uh, psychics, we're not, we don't have crystal balls, right? We can't see the future. It might be better for you to invest the extra money instead of putting towards your mortgage, but you have to consider all those other factors. Yeah. Do what's well, right for you, right? It was good just even learning different schools of thought. Sure. Because I yeah, grew is. up just dead averse, scarcity mindset, mm-hmm. and just work and, you know, just kind of keep saving. But David, my partner, is in a totally different camp. His real estate world is all about mm. like leveraging yeah. and equity and multiple properties and like all eggs in one basket, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, different people have different things, obviously, sure. but these are different perspectives that I never even considered. I'm like, I would never do that. But yeah, some people are very comfortable with leverage and mm-hmm. I'm personally not. I'm debt averse because I went bankrupt uh, when I had a gambling addiction. I don't want to be in that situation again. It was terrible. I like being able to stop working and not worry about, oh, I got a minimum payment to make on a credit card. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I'm assuming you're in the same boat. Yeah, my credit card is... Yeah, and David will also call me out on this because I put (laughs) money on my credit card. I've heard about this. And I pretty much prepay my own credit card so that I'm scared of ever missing a payment which has never happened in the history of my credit score but just in case i forget for some reason i not only have it automatically paying off i also have it like a prepaid credit card Uh, so it's just ridiculous Uh. how like ingrained and like conditioned i am to be debt adverse yeah i mean there's definitely a lot less risk than uh, than leverage right because You know, I don't want to pick on David, of course, (laughs) but if he were to get sick or something were to happen, he might be stuck with. But he has me, so we'll be good. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. But that's the thing about debt, right, is is it's only good if you do continue operating on the same level. Right. Mm -hmm. If like and we all think we're infallible. So nothing's ever going to happen. I'm always going to be able to do it. Just like you said, when you went on your trips, like I'll come back and I'll earn. I'll make the money back. But it was possible that you would stop being able to do that somehow, right? Yeah, that would have been rough. Right, exactly. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons. And I guess it's hard to know unless you've, you know, been through something where you had to keep servicing debt with no money. That's hard for people to understand until they're in it. And I don't know if we can actually teach them and hopefully nothing happens to them. And and it's totally fine, but it does happen to some and then, then they... They're in a pretty bad place, right? Like we'll go on a vacation and then I'll start my job up again in January and mm-hmm. we'll be good. And then you get laid off. Yeah. And for a long time, I felt like I had no one else to fall back on. Mm, yeah. So it's like, well, if I'm screwed, I'm screwed and I'm alone. Like yeah. no one is going to bail me out. My parents are going to bail me out. My family can't bail me out. Like I can't mess around. Like I have to have everything under control. Yeah. Because I'm on my own trying to figure out like how to manage my money. I mean, we're all in a good place now, so I think some, yeah. if something did happen, I, I'm sure my parents could help me now, but I grew up for so many years, like, not seeing that. So. Well, you have a, still, you have a really good perspective of, you know, like, Thanks. no debt. No debt is always good in my books, you mm-hmm. know, unless the debt is helping you, of course, which is what a mortgage is. Right. And it's, it's also collateralized debt, too, so it's tied to an asset. It's not really technically consumer debt, which is just sitting there by itself. Mm-hmm. With no, nothing to potentially pay it off, nothing to sell to cover it, even partially. Like there's always a chance you sell your house for less than whatever the mortgage That's is. That's what I always worse, thought. Right? Like if everything, if something horrible, horrible happens, I'll sell my house and move back in with my parents, or live in student housing, or do something. Like that I is could the way to just go. Figure it out. The worst case scenario would be somehow, somehow, and not with your twenty percent down payment, but like if you somehow did a five percent, and then the market just crash and now it all went down six percent then you sell the house at a loss 
these are very rare situations. Mm-hmm. But for you, since you already put 20% down, it's it's very unlikely that it's ever going to be, you know, worth less. It wouldn't be a surprise to you. It would be like, oh, the markets are going down for a while and it's coming, right? Mm-hmm. You would know that. So, so you started the website. So what is the website called? Right. So I started, first it was actually called Hammer Home because it was okay. really about... Hey, just cool. housing. Yeah, yeah. So it was like living in the Hamilton, called the Hammer. It was about how to buy a house and yeah. how to renovate your house. Because sure. I also decided to take a course on how to fix my house. So I was doing like the electrical work. Yeah, you got to do all this yourself. And yeah. yeah. Also, I had no money at this point because mm. all of it was in the house. So I'm like, okay, great. Like I need to do things to the house and I'll just. So you can do course. all the plumbing in your house. Or you, I, or I wouldn't like, say I can do the plumbing. I, it was like a six week course for okay. new home buyers. Sure. So really it was more about actually teaching you what to tell yeah. the contractor when they come in like so you don't like have to pay for too much yeah. or, or you know like you can understand i <laughs> know you can just Smart. put a little like yeah. you can just tighten just it, needs okay? a new washer yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly but i did do the electrical with my godfather who's an engineer awesome. so okay i was like okay that'll be cool and i did like some drywall and i painted the whole house that's and super great also i bought all the paint that was um like the neglected paint that was miscolored. Hey, I'm like, yeah. this will do. <laughs> it was 50% to 75% Did you just off. mix it all together? Or? No, I just, um, all my rooms are like different colors. Nice. Like nothing okay. in the house matches, but it was all on sale. So what you going to do? Hey, this is, yeah. And, and so you started writing about all this too. Yeah. So that's what I was blogging about. And then about like a year in, everything was pretty much done and settled. I'm like, okay, I don't really know what else to write about because <laughs> I, I already wrote about my house and I'm not yeah. doing anything else on it. So I went through a lull where I was just writing about random things that were happening in my life. But people kept asking me about like, how did you afford to buy a house? Mm -hmm. And how do you make your payments? And how much do you pay every month? And um, like, what, how much is insurance? I'm like, okay, here's the information. Like, I don't care. And I wish somebody had told me the information because right? I'm like, why can't yeah. you just tell me how much you're paying in insurance so I know how to plan? Oh, everyone keeps it all close to the chest. Like right? I get some things are private and that's fine, but I feel like everything I share is just like we could look it up. Okay, you can look it up yeah. and find it, but also here's the easiest thing to do. I'll just give it to mm, you because exactly. it was so much patching information together to try to figure out like how yeah. much I was going to pay on a mortgage, how much my insurance was going to be how much the closing costs were going to be like can someone just tell me that all and like in one small package of information that's, that's why i like uh sites like rate hub uh yeah the calculators yeah were you using those at the time oh, everything or did was you such know a about blur. that yeah probably afterwards and a little bit in the middle i was finding some calculators but i wasn't spending a lot of time on them yeah. i did a lot of my own spreadsheet okay yeah so i have a pretty analytical kind of mind and yeah i can see like i know how to use excel pretty well yep. i have like the excel training so i'm like okay these are pa- pretty basic numbers just like this plus this plus this yeah. what's the total and how much do i have left over so cool. i had a few different scenarios of like five percent down ten yeah. percent down twenty percent down and like if my amounts are this much this much and this so you much. made one of your own yeah you didn't and need rate hub no, I, I do just my took own. theirs and I made it into an Excel so I could customize. It yeah, a I just bit. customize a lot but of things. But I used it to check my numbers to see if I was my formulas were good. That's the thing; I don't really know all the formulas. I'm pretty basic. Some of them, like, some of them are complicated, like the the land transfer tax ones. Right. Some of them are a little more complicated because they're based on variables changing. Right? Yeah, I don't and know that. And the insurance CMHC, you don't have to worry about that. But if you paid it five percent, you would have had to pay mortgage insurance. I just kind of ballparked and yeah. also. Same with all my trips, I ballpark and I always overestimate. Yeah, okay. So I come in way <laughs> under, I'm like, okay, I'm good. So That's good. That's I'd good. rather overestimate. Like sure. I inflate all my numbers because I just think like, what if it's so much higher and I didn't plan for this? Mm. So, yeah. So people are asking you about all this, ho- like all about your home stuff or other general like how do you afford this or how do you save money and that kind of stuff All too? of that, but in relation to the house. Yeah. Like how did you save that much money? Yeah. You know, because I was 24 at the time. Yeah. So, you know, I bought this house and I, everyone on Facebook had seen all my travels and they're like, how can, how do you have all this money to travel? And mm-hmm. how do you have all this money to buy a house? And how do you have this money to do this? I'm yeah. like, well, step one, I lived in a student house That's for, right. <laughs> for three years paying $300 and I was making salary. You know, even if I wasn't, I'd still be saving that yeah. much. Step two, 
I don't have a car. So I just yeah. walk everywhere, bike everywhere, bus everywhere. Step three, I learned how to invest. Mm. Even if I didn't know what I was doing, I still did You're it and your it money still yeah. worked out. So <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of start writing about that. And people were like, okay, this is relatable. And mm -hmm. you are not using jargon because I don't even know yeah, it. You so don't have the jargon. Like, I'm like, you don't want it. I don't, I don't know how to use it. I don't know how to read that stuff anyways. I'm like, I looked at this chart and look at this little bubble. And this <laughs> is what it said. <laughs> we were like, awesome. oh, okay. Like I can do that. And so it just kept growing and it's been really fun so far because I just think back like, yes, this is what I would have wanted. I would have yes. like wanted to read this. I would have wanted to yeah. see this and I would have wanted someone to talk to about this instead of me just navigating this world by myself, super stressed out all the time because I had mm -hmm. no idea what was going on. And every time I met with someone at the bank or the law office or any like adult in the industry i was so intimidated and overwhelmed <laughs> and i was not understanding anything they were saying like i'm just thinking about all the things i have to do <laughs> I, i'm not i wasn't even in that headspace and uh -huh. like yeah yeah they're like sign here sign here i'm like i'm so okay. stressed out like so is so, that is that how you came up with the title for the website so eventually yeah it took me like a year because all of the handles were taken and all you know i had so taken. many good ideas yeah, I, I bought investwisely.ca in 2009 wow. or 2008. Yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. I was just speculating for some reason. Right. I don't know. I had this thing. But yeah, like I got super lucky to you get You had some foresight those. though. I don't, maybe. <laughs> um, my, my, it's not really like you have to sort of interpret it because mm -hmm. it's not like I talk about investing. It's like invest your money wisely in whatever it is you do. Like right. I'm not talking about investments specifically. I do sometimes. But specifically, I can't talk about specific investments because the OSC does mm. not like that. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It's really hard to find. Or you, you do a .io or whatever you can get. But nobody wants to. Do you do a .com or .ca? .com. Yeah. So .coms are really hard to find. Yeah. So I found ambitiousadulting.com. Which I like. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good name. Because it really is about, it is personal finance is kind of the main focus because mm -hmm. that's what I had a really hard time trying to figure out what to write about because I traveled a lot too. So yeah. I'm like, oh, I want to write about my travels. But then I would go months or years, like yeah, not you, years, months without traveling. You got to travel so all like, the time to do that. Okay, yeah. well, seven months ago when I went on this <laughs> trip, this is where I ate. <laughs> like what I did. So, and I just don't even have like the patience to be an Instagram model. I'm like, okay, look at this, yeah. guys. And it's like, what is I that? I'm like, oh, it's a sloth in the bush. <laughs> and you're already writing. You like writing. I like writing. Not... I'd already done a ton of writing. And yeah. So it was just fun. I was writing all these blog posts. And then I started a Facebook group. And it was like mostly just my friends being like, how do we do this? How do we do this? And it just kept growing. So it's a pretty fun, active Facebook group. And I like having um, professionals in there too. Right. So it's like investors and people who work at banks and lawyers. And These people that you've met or you know? Yeah. Or I'll just ask my friends, like, yeah. do you guys know anyone who is an investor or a real estate mogul or someone? Like, add them to the group. And so people, because I just want to facilitate, like, I am not in a position to give yeah. people advice. Yeah. But I want to make sure that people are connecting with the right people and also right. I'm blocking any like yeah. spammers oh, or any kind of scammy people or any in, like any inkling of someone trying to sell something like get out of here because yeah. I'm so protective of like my group because mm -hmm. I want everyone to grow and learn and ask questions and have like the resources to get that information and I just want to facilitate that discussion yeah so it's been really cool and so where are you working now so now I'm self-employed. Okay, great. Yeah, I yeah. just quit my job a week ago. A week ago? Yeah. Wow, awesome. <laughs> yes, okay. I quit my job. So I was working Good for... for you. Thank you. I worked in government for seven years in two different agencies. And I got to this point because I was doing so much side hustling too. Mm -hmm. This is a whole other well, kind we can, of Well, can you briefly episode. talk about... Yeah. Like so I was maybe doing... Maybe pick a couple? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing um, data and analysis for the labor market and okay. i was like loving that because my brain is so yeah. focused on stats and numbers and even though i wouldn't even say i'm a numbers person i just understand what i have to do but hmm. i i'm not i don't know like You're the formulas and stuff yeah just i'll analyze it so i was doing that but i was definitely missing like this creativity i was used to working in like farms and sure. kind of mark doing a lot of marketing for the city and i yeah. kind of want that part as well so i started doing social media management for different businesses. Okay. Yeah. So when I was in my co-op, uh, yeah, okay. City of Hamilton, 
heard like we should be on social media and heard about twitter yeah like what is this <laughs> blogging and i remember like creating the blog for them and creating the like running the accounts and at the time every department could run their own things okay now they have like an actual communications yeah, person who's like trained to do this but there. yeah <laughs> at the time they're like okay well still kind of new for businesses and corporations so yeah. get this intern to do it she seems competent oh, no. and so I was competent. I never let the city down. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I would just kind of go online and tweet and do this yeah, stuff. Okay. So, so I really liked that. And there. Yeah. Um, you know how to make content. I know how to like make content. On a, on a daily basis. I know how to engage with people. I'm yeah, hip okay. millennial. So yeah, I'm like, okay, right. I can do this. This isn't that hard. <laughs> so I remember I went to a business. And I'm like, what's your Instagram? I want to follow you guys. And I'm like, oh, we don't have that. It's too complicated. We don't have someone to do it. I'm like, oh, I could just do it. And they're like, how much? I'm like, uh, give me a second. I'll like yeah, email okay. you with my quotes. Look on Google. So, yeah, that kind of um, <laughs> just kind of grew and I kept getting clients and I was just making like enough money to save and sustain Too myself. Much, yeah. And I got so I did that for three years and I got to a point where I was just so spread thin. And I also helped develop and launch an online course, which was okay. super successful. And I'm like, like i can just do this full time and yeah, you know how to do this i stuff. know how to do this i also have for the patience others. to learn yeah. yeah it's for various clients for various clients yeah. so i already had a client base and sure. i was turning clients away okay. i'm like i sorry i don't have time for this and so awesome came to a crossroad this was a big deal for me because all i wanted was stability growing up i just wanted a full-time job it's tough to make that switch yeah when you have that mentality yeah I had a mortgage and I'm like, I don't know, but it was like maybe three or four months and I had to keep reminding myself like, Liz, you've taken huge risks before by leaving school and going to travel and do this stuff yeah. and you just always find a way to make it work. That's so right. I'm like, you can do this. You're not jumping into the unknown. You're literally jumping into the hands of clients who are waiting for you to just yeah. scale up. That's so different, right? Yeah. Go for it. And yeah. everyone around me was super supportive and great. So it worked out, but I'm now self-employed and trying to navigate that life. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you, but you have savings as well. Yeah. Right? I saved like a year of yeah, my salary. That's amazing. So I would never, that's what I did as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really? Yeah. A whole year. I, sa I saved a, well, I have a year of liquid stuff. And then I have a whole bunch of other stuff that I could get access if I needed. Right. <laughs> right. But I made sure that I had like a year of actual money that mm -hmm. I could spend uh, that wouldn't kind of cut into any retirement savings. Right. Yeah. And I guessing that's what you mean, too. Kind of. Yeah. Because you well, you know, because you put it into the house, you don't have right. your investments anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Right. You could always sell your house yes. if you needed to. You know, in an emergency, there's always, it's a ni there's a nice to have that sort of cushion there. I would say so. I don't even think about my house as equity. Oh, yeah. I just, like, I live that's here. smart. So. That means you'll pay it off and you won't even know. And then you'll, you'll be like, I'm living for free. Yeah. I, I'm I like, have, okay. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Because otherwise. I set things and forget it. And which is a good thing. Yeah. For then you money. focus on other things and yeah, yeah, money seems to just come. But yeah, it's not like you, so you have a year saved, but. It's not like you need to rely on that because you're you're building. I'm working. I'm making working. more money and my side hustle yeah. than I am that I was in my full time job. Exactly. So I lost the salary of my full time job, but I replaced the salary. But now I'm working to just bring it back up to the level that sure. I had both. But you don't you don't need the level of, that you had before to to survive. No, I was giving you extra savings. You're sort of just kind of building up more the, the ability to save yes again, that's exactly what right? it is so i have the money yeah. for my day-to-day -day expenses yeah. but not as much saving because i was saving sure. like aggressive yeah yeah everything from my side hustle was being saved so that's a good analysis to do like uh would you say like were you unhappy like working no. at a regular every day no that's the that was one of the biggest things like i wasn't unhappy i mm. wasn't at this point where i'm like i need to change my life but i was at this point where i was like I want more flexibility in my life. I have a lot of projects on the yeah. go that are really exciting and working with different clients, doing different, um, like they're all, all my clients are just doing cool things and I support them on like the tech side, marketing awesome. side. So I kind of just get to jump on cool projects and just support those. So it was just more exciting. Like I liked my nine to five. It was not stressful. Yeah. I liked who I worked with. I wasn't at this. I, I walked to work. It was five minutes sure. walking. Yeah. So I kind of had a really good setup. Yeah. But I just wanted some more flexibility. I wanted to travel more. 
I wanted to just have really, I just wanted to travel more that like brings it down to well, the flexibility. Bottom like, yeah. so we shouldn't be afraid of like, even if you have it good, you shouldn't be afraid. And you know, I'm sure there's people who would be like, well, you got a job. I wish I had a job like you. Yeah. Right. And you should do whatever feels right. Even if one thing is going fine. Right. But maybe you want to shift. I didn't want to get to a point where my life was just miserable and horrible. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I need to change. Yeah. Don't wait for that. Because I feel like that's not a good place to be in. And you don't even grow in a, when you're not in this place of abundance, you're just like trying to survive and you're scraping by for anything. Like that's not where I want to get to. And one of the courses that I was helping develop was all about like personal development and like, yeah, it's called exalted life. And it was really about living your like best life, your fullest life. And I'm like, normally i'm like okay whatever but (laughs) this was actually a really good um practical course about just evaluating your your needs and evaluating your values and Mm. just like does your life align with that or core values that's my thing yeah they have to align you would add some of your values are met but the flexibility one right the the freedom Mm -hmm. and freedom to travel as you said freedom to if you want to work more you can if you want to work less you can right if you want to pay down your mortgage you can right the the nine to five is it's great and all but it's a little restrictive it and is it's restrictive. a little old school isn't it i found that too especially because i was doing so much work digitally and remotely for clients who aren't even here i'm like i can do this all from home like can you just let me go to a beach in mexico and do this because i'll get it done yeah and it was really old school like People will be like, oh, they just don't get it. I'm like, everyone in university did their own self-paced learning and education. So I know I could do it. You know, it's like I had no one. That was not a nine to five and I still got it done. So it's not like I won't do a good job because I'm not in the office. Right. We were we don't have to go and sit nine to five in university. (laughs) Nobody gets marked for attendance, maybe in some places. In some. But like if you don't do your work, you're not getting good. You're not going to get good. It's pretty obvious. Right. And, uh, yeah, why are we still stuck on this? It's this factory mentality. You know, you work the work because you have to be there to do it. It's a different world now, right? Yeah, if you're I not in that kind of work. was feeling a lot of confusion around that. And also, I remember reading somewhere that 9 to 5 started because people didn't have technology at home. Like, all the computers were in the office. Of and all the phones were in the you office. So you in. had to come in. But everything I was doing, I could do from home from my even my tablet sometimes yeah everything was you had to operate the thing at at the place even if you could take calls at home it didn't make sense because yeah that's a a home phone line and all of it's so different now yeah like some home internet is better than work internet depending on where you are right it's like i mean i loved working with my coworkers. i'm gonna miss that but then i'm like that is the main thing okay but also there's a lot of things that i could do without so And I was working with so many entrepreneurs, so their energy was rubbing off on me as well. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm just going to like go through this. I'm like, they're like, can you meet me here? I'm like, no, I'm at work. Like, <laughs> I started driving Uber recently. Oh, yeah. Because I can. Yeah. Because I have can do some whatever. time. Yeah. You know, like nobody, I don't have to like when I'm done, I don't have to, oh, God, I go to the office now. And I, and I actually really like it. Mm-hmm. You get to talk to people and I get to talk about my website and my podcast. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> I'm like, this is like plug. a big marketing thing, you know, if they care, if they yes. seem to care. Freedom to do whatever it is you want and nobody decides what that is. Totally. Right? And even just, I, recently within the last few years have had like a weird aversion to crowds mm-hmm. so being able to go to places on off-peak hours yes. is really amazing it's I'm so like, good and even doctor's appointments i remember having to book off time to go to doctor's appointment and feeling awkward that i might yeah. be late because now my doctor can't see me for another half an hour and i'm like well i only have this certain amount of time and it seems crazy to just, me now yes like i, had I know the book time off to go do something like no, for I, my life and I health. decide like, yeah. I decide that right yeah I'm, I've only been self-employed for a week and I already look back <laughs> to that life I'm like how did I do that and my friends who are full-time I'm like you don't know what you're missing like but I mean it's just a week so I haven't hit like any rough patches yet so we'll just see how that goes well I hit a <laughs> I hit a year at the end of June and uh, hey. I'm still doing so far, okay so good still doing all right not eating noodles <laughs> still got some of the year's <laughs> savings uh, hanging out but uh we did go to Australia, so that cut it in the, into yeah. it a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's 
you just keep doing a little forecast and seeing how mm-hmm. what you need to do and how things are going and if i got to pick up a job here and there i like the uber it's that's great, what my friend says right? she's like Honestly, the best thing about being self-employed is that you determine your income. So if you feel like you need more money, just hustle harder. That's right. And she's like, and you're a hustler, so you're going to just find work. And yeah, you'll be fine. I'm and like, I, okay. I get to keep creating these awesome mm-hmm. interviews like this one. Thanks so much for coming to yeah. my studio. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> Fellow Hamiltonian. Yeah, it's really nice to have people come uh, just w- walk down the street. So ambitiousadulting.com. Com. And anywhere of what about uh, oh, Twitter? Oh, the Facebook group? Facebook, uh, Facebook group. Oh, yeah, yeah, please. The Facebook group is where we're the most active, and that's called Personal Finance for Canadian Millennials. Okay, I like <laughs> so it. So if you want to learn about personal finance for Canadian Millennials, because that was the other thing. There was so much American content. Yes. Like, I don't know what an R Roth and an INRA <laughs> is. in like a bar and bank, 401k. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't want this information. <laughs> we don't need to know. Yeah. And okay, so say it again. Personal Finance for Canadian Millennials yep. on Facebook mm-hmm. and all of the handles on social media are Ambitious Adults because Ambitious Adulting was too long. Awesome. Thanks, Liz. Thanks and, for uh, having me. Yeah. You know, let's uh, keep it up. Keep up uh, the personal Ambitious finance. Ambitious Adulting. We'll, we'll keep helping people. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. All right. Help you navigate the world of personal finance in a non-complicated way. Yes. That's perfect. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. If you like this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or however you get your podcasts. If you're already a subscriber, thank you so much. I'd love to get your feedback on this episode in my new Facebook group. To find the group, go to Facebook and search for The Personal Finance Show. Once you're approved, you'll be able to interact with me and previous guests of the show and other fans as well. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Personal Finance Show. Next week, my guest will be Glenn James, Australia's millennial money expert and host of My Millennial Money, Australia's number one personal finance podcast for millennials.